Welcome back to another episode of Unapologetically Anxious Me, Confessions of a Haitian Girl in Small Town, Minnesota. I'm your host, Joe, and I am back with the Hubster. Hello, everyone. This is Lano. Um, if you've listened to us before or have listened to my last few episodes, he's popped up a couple of times. And we Pop-up. wanted to get an opportunity to come and just talk about everything that's going on, um, just share some of our thoughts, our experiences locally. And yes, that's him chewing ice in, <laughs> I'm so sorry. in the background. Huh? Clearly not used to record. <laughs> but we are just grateful that we have this platform, that we have the ability to be able to put the our thoughts out there and be some sort of representation for our community. While we do not represent everybody fully and we do not all think the same, we do, however, share very similar paths and experiences in this country and that has made it so that we are just really passionate about seeing people like us on the big media platforms and giving our perspectives and sharing that with the world and giving more people room to evolve and show them different perspectives that they might have not heard from. Every opportunity, every story I feel is an an opportunity to learn. At the beginning of every episode, I will always talk about my anxiety and do an anxiety check and If it's not already obvious, especially if you follow me on social media, I am definitely very outspoken right now and very passionate and have a whole lot of anxiety about just the the state of our country right now and the protest and the things that are happening and the pain and the, the crying out that is coming out of our community and just the desperation to be heard and to be seen and to be taken seriously and to demand real systemic change. And we are all about it right now. We are so proud to actually be part of a small group of our community that has actually taken it upon themselves to be um, open and bold and talk speak up about George Floyd and just protesting. We've had two local protests that have been organized by Mm -hmm. local community members and it has been so, I don't know, surreal to see, to watch, to be part of. I have not had the opportunity to actually be in a protest and actually part of it because we have made the decision to not both of us be in these situations together. Safer that way. Um, Given that our kids only have two parents. But um, husband has been able to really be part of it and I think he's really come to find his voice and to Mm -hmm. just really enjoy, not even enjoy, but to just see, you know, be part of the solution and to be part of the voices that, that make such a difference in this community. So what is your take so far on both of those experiences? Well, first off, it wasn't something that I'd ever think to do in the first place because I just never really gave protesting not not too much any thought because in the past I've always thought nothing really came about. Change didn't really come about from it, it, it felt like. But this one was different. It it really did hit. It hit different. And maybe it's because of the timing, you yeah. know? 
with the video of Arbery coming out and Breonna it was Taylor. concentrated and, oh, and I think that's what a lot man. of people aren't realizing because I think when you live in this skin obviously you are hyper aware of anything that is happening to our community that is happening to us and while the mainstream media doesn't really put it out there in that way where everyone is seeing all the news and things that are coming out but it was literally like three to four weeks of Ahmaud Arbery, then it was Breonna Taylor, then it was George Floyd, all in the middle of a pandemic where our community is being disproportionately targeted by the coronavirus due to our, again, lack of access, the oppression that has kept us in these same spaces and that has made us our community vulnerable to things like the coronavirus. And so it, it's definitely been an awakening, I feel. It's, it, it it's really been has. something we've always felt. I think our, our, we're at a point where like we, it's boiled it's over. Been, that pressure has been building for yeah. a long, 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 long time. Yeah. And for me especially, just that, that, that pressure has been there. And with with George Floyd happening, instead of, I feel like that, that, that pressure, instead of just making me burst and just fly off the hinge and get angry, you know, which I felt, that that's what I felt on the inside, but it felt like a, a, a diamond was made, you know? Yeah, I, like, <laughs> oh, I don't want to like, be silent anymore. Yeah, it's like, you know what, that's, that's what I've been, I've been... I've been really quiet. I've been really, I've been going along to get along this entire time that I've been here. And that's, that's, that's ever since, ever since, you know, the, the incident where they falsely detained me in front of the house. Mm -hmm. You know, I've just been really guarded and just didn't want to cause any trouble in the community. Didn't, didn't want any trouble, you know, I didn't want to make any noise and I just don't care anymore. I just do not care. And that's the thing. I think um, for just for some context and background, um, if you're new to listening to this, uh, we live in a very small community, Alexandria, Minnesota. We are two hours north of the cities where the events are actually started and took place with George Floyd. Um, same place where Philando Castillo was murdered, mm-hmm. what, three, four years ago. So we, we have a very heightened sensitivity to this, especially being in a community where it is about 98% white and black people make up a very tiny, tiny percentage of the remaining percentage of mm-hmm. that. And so it, it's there's been a real visceral feeling to being in a community where you are under so much pressure to to try not to actually start any trouble and you feel like you have to go along to get along because that's what we did when we first got here it's intimidating it's intimidating to be and it's it's not the easiest community to get into regardless of who you are if you're like outsiders in general i've heard lots of outsiders are not welcome yeah i've heard i've spoken to lots of been made to feel welcome when they are here exactly and not just them but their children as well Mm -hmm. lots of uh white moms and friends that i've spoken to who are new to this community it's very hard to like get in and to be you know and to get and and to fit in and to feel accepted um and when you're different it you just kind of stand out <laughs> like a sore thumb and so i think just seeing everything that has been taking place it, it's been it's been 
almost alleviating to not have to be quiet anymore because we just can't afford to do it anymore. And so one of a lot of the things that have been going down, um, obviously, we, we have our own experiences and our own thoughts on it. So go ahead and continue. Yeah. So with the protests that we did in town, you know, the first one went really well. We actually did just a standing protest here on Third and Broadway. We were going down Third, actually, um, and we were wore masks, socially distanced, and it actually went really well. You know, it wasn't like in other places where the people are worried about police brutality when it comes to the protests, like of actually being attacked by the police. Mm-hmm. Here, we were more concerned about the community and what they were going to do to us. Yeah, what not the whole community, just. There's some, some fringe. very loud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, some other members of the people. community that, that don't care for the p- protests or anything they have to do with it. Yeah, they, and they let their opinions be known. Yes, they did. Their feelings, um, yeah. Quite a few people flicked us off. Some people would drive by in their trucks and rev their engines, their, their, their diesel engines, and blow smoke at us on the sidewalk. And we had one, one guy actually get in our faces. Like, he went down the row of people and got in everybody's face. Or I'm not sure if he was choosing people, but he got in my face and he was definitely violating the the six foot rule. And he was definitely not wearing a mask, trying to ask us and say things like, oh, why are you trying to incite violence in our town? Are you, are, are you trying to destroy our town? And, mm-hmm. and at one point he actually, you know, I'm not going to speak on that. It, I'm not going to give him too much, too, too much clout. Just the guy was evil. It was just another de- devil there tempting us to be the one to throw the punch to prove him right to mm-hmm. say that we were he there to try and start to something <laughs> and everyone did extremely well in ignoring him maintaining and maintaining their cool yes so it went off and it 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 was a great protest it went off without incident and we did very well and that was, was a protest that wasn't moving yes that was the first still. one the second one that was that was actually um maddie bogart shout out to maddie Yep. Yeah, local is. college student who actually organized it. A white girl, of course. And it was Another incredible. Ally. I love her. Mm-hmm. I, 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 we're, we're just getting to know her. But she seems so sweet and just pure hearted because at the end of the day, I think people fail to realize, like, we want this to work, guys. Mm-hmm. Like, we want this to work. Like, we can be so much better as a community if we just bring down the pride and Put down our guards and listen and and open your hearts to actually see the humanity in it. Forget about your politics, your ideologies, your your education and the things that that affect your ability to to just relate and empathize. Put that aside and and just feel for a fellow human being who is saying this hurts it hurts a lot Mm -hmm. with the second protest we went from city park and we went to march down parts of downtown and into well the back streets of downtown you'd say jefferson what would you say that's like you went through nokomis right Mm, no actually we went through jefferson yeah okay we went through downtown went up 
turn on 10. Well, yeah. you passed right so, by our house. So if you yeah, actually want to <laughs> see the video footage of that, I actually caught it and was able to come outside and record it. And you get to actually see like the full amount of people who, which was predominantly white people. And it I was, was very surprised yeah, that so many people showed up. It was, it was beautiful. Definitely, it was moms, dads, yep. children. And, and it was during the day. So it was like a very safe situation and they had police officers there also with 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 the first protest that one was uh organized by john cole i have to give him a special shout out to yeah he's um, a psychologist at lakeland mental health mm-hmm. in glenwood yes very nice very very, very and shameless plug too. he was also on two episodes of voices talk show <laughs> which you know i created <laughs> and if you want to f- see that or uh, be part of those conversations you can actually go to youtube and look up voices talk show i believe he was on the farming mental health episode as well as the ally um, episode mm-hmm. yes so with that first protest we had a hundred about a little bit over 125 this one reached upwards of 200 i've i think it was so we were i was really quite surprised at how many people showed up and it went really well as well um i would say it wasn't as you know we didn't have as many detractors just just a few people that drove by did the usual but Mm -hmm. no no big deal though we we definitely got, got our message across that it, 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 it went really well. We marched also with some members of Alex PD as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so we, we felt a little safer, too, because, of course, we were actually moving through neighborhoods this time. So we knew people were going to be wary of that. Mm-hmm. So a lot of people who went, um, a lot of uh, my friends who attended, I know one of the police officers uh who's from this town his wife was part of it who's a really good friend of mine and um she was just like it was so hard because it was a lot of work so you know they had to like this was like a full-on hike it wasn't like it was hot one of those rarely very rare hot days in minnesota and um so the fact that they held it through and and went the whole entire route and you guys even had an opportunity to debrief and chill in the park and actually get an opportunity to give uh people to talk and just say their yep. thoughts on a lot of people told stories then too and a lot of people learned and, and grew from all the from all those stories too and you did too <laughs> yes and i i got to speak i mean i didn't speak at the first one which i regretted but i got to speak at this one though i just I was really happy with how many people showed up. I just wanted to let them know that they're all allies and mm-hmm. they should definitely, definitely expect me to be there at all the protests and I will be definitely so supporting. And yeah. this, this it is important to bring awareness to this and I, we should definitely not stop here. We yeah. Definitely we should keep this here. going. And even with the, the four officers that, that were already ar- arrested now, you know, and they're all facing trial now and everything. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, Bri- Brianna, the, 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 <laughs> there's Brianna Taylor. We, we, oh, yeah. we still have a lot of people that we're fighting for right now. Mm-hmm. Ahmaud Arbery, which is His case going is still to be going, going on. Yeah, it's still so. going to go to trial eventually, too. But mm-hmm. um, we, we need to keep this going because mm, it's not just momentum. about them. And, again, this is about systemic racism, too. So I'm seeing that tech companies are now being held accountable mm-hmm. from, from from their staff and i'm seeing 
It's, You're seeing it's, it's a growing. lot. It's growing is in every taken industry, place in every the industry, industry now. Yeah, it's 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 slowly and finally mm-hmm. things are catching up to everybody. The NFL, oh, oh, so that was players. so amazing. That video was powerful. That video was powerful, and I think it was that video that finally did it for the NFL. And about time, it, it, it's about time. I, mm-hmm. I, I hope they eventually actually give a, a real apology to Colin Ka- Kaepernick. I, I hope that's, so. That, that's what I'm hoping is next, because he was right all along. And speaking of the NFL, you know, before they put that video out, we actually get an a Instagram Live, I think it was, or maybe some sort of interview where Drew Brees made comments. What, what was that about? Ah, uh, Drew Brees. Ah, uh, man. And who is Drew Brees for those of us who don't watch football? <laughs> he's a quarterback for the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. Of course, he's been... He's been the the one of the definitely the I don't know what to call him the the head honcho of who that nation <laughs> I'd say that and he's not someone that anyone would ever call racist he's not a racist I say I'll say that first and foremost mm-hmm. he's definitely supported the black community in more than one way especially mm-hmm. in New Orleans mm-hmm. and it's just that he he definitely was out of touch with what he said as. It, just it pertained death. to the kneeling of players. He took it as a disrespect to his grandfathers, his forefathers. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm not sure what it was. It was one or the other. but It um, was just a disrespect to... Yeah, it's, it's a disrespect um, to the soldiers. People in the military. Yeah. For, to, to, to the flag. And that's why he stands and everything. And, mm-hmm. and he, he was definitely off base because, again, and get everybody gets tired of having to explain that it's not about protesting against the military it's against police brutality and and just so you guys have some background and those of you who may not be completely familiar with the colin kaepernick um situation colin kaepernick arrived at the decision to take a knee through the very idea of trying to respect the flag and 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 that the whole concept and he decided that because when he was sitting down he and not standing up for the flag of course the whole idea was always to do this in response to police brutality in our country however when he sat down he realized you know someone told him he should be you know he it was a green beret named nate boyer yeah who first told him that he shouldn't be sit- sitting Kneeling is is the best way to protest. And this is someone who obviously knows what he's talking about. Former Green Bay. And he he is, you know, he went into this fully conscious of, you know, respecting the flag. And and the fact that people continue to lose sight of what Colin Kaepernick was taking a knee for in the first place, this is it. And Drew Brees was one of those people who was still behind on that and still in that mindset of this is disrespecting veterans, it's disrespectful to our country, our flag, our forefathers. The good thing is, though, since then, you know, he's actually apologized. Multiple times, yeah. And he's he's done his research, you know, and he does consider himself an ally. He he knows what he said was off base. Although I will say... Mm. because I do believe that it is it's it's important to give people an opportunity to 
reflect, to go inward, to really learn, to learn from their experiences. And that means letting people make mistakes and giving them grace when it comes to that. And while I, while I do completely praise him for actually being open and apologizing what I don't know has happened is if he's apologized on camera. I do feel in the same way that Rachel Lindsay said the said the same uh, thing about Hannah B. It's not enough to just write a statement that can obviously be done by a team of PR people that you've hired. It is more sincere and heartfelt to actually put your face on camera and actually apologize on camera with your face and I think that's something that's really important and in the same way that you made the mistake in doing it live and saying it live that probably got you in that position to have to be to put it open to put out a statement publicly I think it's really important that we take accountability to a whole new personal level and put our faces and our voices on video to speak to saying and apologizing and taking accountability for the same thing yeah. i do the think second that apology was on camera exactly okay. that's what i know and that is one of the reasons why rachel Lindsay made that comment and i think that's good i'm sure other people called him out on that which is probably why he came back and made a second apology mm-hmm. and i think that's amazing giving people an opportunity to learn to grow from that um through all of this we are really seeing how people feel um celebrities and what they're thinking about what it what about the protest and and the rioting and the looting and all that stuff that is happening right now and trina the rap is actually one who the rapper she's actually one who made comments about what she felt about the looting and the rioting that was happening in Miami. And I believe she made a comment of course, about... When she made the comment, she was, she, at first she was likening the protesters, not rioters and looters, to, to animals. Even though she said she wasn't directing them at black people, she likened them to animals and, what was it, escaped from, from the zoo or locked them back up in the zoo. Yeah. Com- comments to raise that. Things that were definitely derogatory to for 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 black folks mm-hmm. but she did come out and apologize afterwards mm-hmm. she since said that first the those the clips that we see or hear um she's actually they edited that footage so they you don't see the whole entire thing and what she's talking about she's actually reacting to uh, a friend's business who was uh, destroyed in the midst of the protesting and yeah, the looting so and the rioting. She, she uh, sounded so like she was definitely was coming from a place of anger. Yeah, so I, I, I understand that though. I, I, I get that. Part, yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, we're all human here. We're mm-hmm. all going to make mistakes. One of the things that this has really mm-hmm. come to really be in my face and I'm really starting to realize this and I'm doing my best to be graceful in my approach and conversations with people because over the last couple of weeks I've had lots and lots of conversations, heated conversation, Facebook fights, you name it, <laughs> um, with white people about what is happening, about, you know, the reactions to George Floyd's death and everything that came before that. 
and a lot of people are upset and they don't realize where this all started and and that's something i'm always telling you guys is that i think it's so essential to go back and do your research and read your real history there's so many of us who have been subjected (laughs) to american history you know teachings and u.s schoolings that don't even tell you 10 percent of the truth you know and we are constantly in a place where we have to do keep finding these things out learning relearning understanding and digging and that is something that i think if we are figuring out why this started to begin with what are those hundreds of years of this and that and oppression and systemic racism and redefining what human bondage really meant and how it continues to permeate throughout our housing our our jobs our our ability to get health care to get out of certain areas to just be successful why is it that we have to work it's hard i mean just to get this place harder just to get this place we had here we had to have our our sister-in-law beat was it she, she was with she you? was the one she had to be the one to actually you. go out and find it because places were were quick to deny us not based on anything other than the fact that we were black <laughs> yeah and that was it yeah it's it's it, it was crazy and and i think that that's something that a lot of people are starting to just realize that this isn't just something that happened once upon a time and it's happening right now it's happening every day it's happening in our communities it's happening in our community here and it's it's just become habit so, so much in the norm so much that we are unable to step out of that reality and see it because we're part of it you know and I think for me it's been it's been a learning process and I'm learning to be to be better and to be more tactful and to to just but I'm also learning to be honest and to just say what I feel and to be truthful about what I'm experiencing for a really long time I used to crutch the truth you know try to Mm -hmm. deliver it in a way that didn't sound accusatory or bad but what that's probably doing is keeping those blinders on and let's say talk about who has really got her blinders on i don't even think she realizes that she's literally a human puppet and that is miss candace owens oh candace i cannot stand her she's so, oh look her up. If you know can you will you will probably know Candace Owens um, by now. You probably have heard of her. She is a black woman who is a hardcore right winger and who will even go so far as to f- find anything that the black community is fighting for or rooting for or trying to you know get people to see she will find a way to actually completely flip it and be on the opposite side and i think at this point it's a little bit of it's, a shock va- you know shock it feels value like it's, thing. it's it's for political gain at yeah this point, like you're just... purposely looking for any opportunity mm-hmm. to say 
the wrong thing because it's like she's like the black Tommy Laren. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it's it's very obvious. So she's made comments about George Floyd and basically saying that George Floyd was a bad person. George Floyd she, was a criminal. She trashed him and the movement all together. Not not con not 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 just rioters, pro- protesters in general, saying that we're celebrating someone who should not be celebrated. Just trashing the entire thing. It's mm-hmm. it's it's crazy to think that someone like her would would do something like that. Just for me, she's she she's the worst kind of evil to our people. Is is the one that wears our skin, pedals to the devil, and mm-hmm. continues this systematically oppress and kill us. It's it's. It's, she's it's she's being the vessel like she's willing to be the vessel like she, to me she's like in the same range as the Stacy Dashes and the one random guy that was in the back of Trump's rally yeah. with the blacks for you know the dreads with the blacks for Trump <laughs> and where you just know that they're being used as a puppet and they're okay with it and it's it's disgusting, really. Funny, there was a there was a, a, a Alabama cafe owner. This this is the the news story now. Like Alabama cafe owner got got called out. Um, he was was calling George Floyd a thug and protesters idiots and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And he received a lot of ba- backlash for it. Since then, the restaurant has apologized, and Kenneth Owens started a GoFundMe for them. And this is before that 17 minute, 17 minute video came out, and thank, thank goodness, you know, um, GoFundMe actually suspended her account. They did give the restaurant the money that that she did raise, but they suspended her account. Wow. But then, what she she went on to talk about the conservatives. It, it was a tweet. Uh, I'll read the whole thing out. It says, "This is after GoFundMe decided to suspend her account." Once again, conservatives and Trump supporters need to adapt to a world that tells us that our very existence is unacceptable, that our ideas, thoughts, and now even our charitable efforts are unacceptable, that threatening, boycotting, and canceling us is okay. It's, it just it feels like she's trying to liken them to the black plight. Mm-hmm. And it's like that is some evil shit like that's it's 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 one of the it's the worst one of the worst things i've heard in in all in everything i've heard that i've heard so far it's one it's one of the worst things i i've heard that she's she's actually trying to oh it's it it feels like she's trying to bring down our system even with the knowledge of knowing our plight she's using that against us to further her own career it's Mm -hmm. it's terrible I, it's it it's it's it, it makes me so mad to <laughs> to even think that someone's out there doing that. Mm-hmm. Someone who has a platform as big as hers. Yeah, and yeah, and and I think that one of the hardest things is that, of course, this is bringing about a lot of emotion and it's stirring up a lot for people because nobody wants these things to be happening. They just are happening due to where we are, where we've been mm-hmm. pushed to. And and we need to understand that. We have to stop focusing on the looting and the rioting and realize these people are looking for change. And there's nothing that's going to change that until you 
listen and you you really take into account what has been happening what you've been doing systematically and it makes me just, so happy to see that a lot of that is being taken see, seriously it, it wasn't supposed to be political this mm-hmm. is just a man a, a man's life what was taken by a police officer clearly and everyone saw the video and it was so made into, simple into politics it's, it doesn't made, matter it, it, who, it he, who he was a human issue. what happened like, before that nothing this man did warranted these officers presenting themselves to be judge jury and executioner on the spot and that is what happened that is what's wrong that is what happens in the black community and has been happening in the black community for decades and this is why we're outraged this is why we're screaming because you only know this now because it was caught on video can you imagine the millions of times it's happened before that and it wasn't caught on video. Mm-hmm. And they were able to make it go away. Mm-hmm. Just like Ahmaud Arbery's case, they tried so hard to make it go away. This is why we're just now hearing about it. And we're just getting the details. And thank God that the FBI is now part of this whole situation. Because we wouldn't know had that video not been leaked. Had we not been given those few minutes to see exactly what is happening in our country all the time Mm -hmm. so and here locally being part of the inclusion network we are actually working on um doing something like a, a vigil or a memorial for george floyd and i'm so excited because we are doing this the day after his funeral because I do think it's important to give the family the respect of mourning him. I'm sure that's why they chose to do it on a Tuesday, you know, to try to limit the tension. Um, But here in our community, we're using this as an opportunity to call to action what we can do to make our community a community of equality. So we, I'm really um, looking forward to just being part of that, to just seeing the unity and to just get people's ears and see for them to see and open their hearts to what's going on in our country. And it's been, it's been hard. It's been really emotional. I've been very much drained. I've never had so many conversations about these things with white people. And it's been, it's been hurtful in a lot of ways because I feel, um, I feel this pressure to listen and to give people the opportunity to ask questions that might not feel good to hear or to even realize that you think that way you know but I keep saying even though I am human and I I don't I don't I do want to try and find ways to 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 cope on my own and to not uh have to allow so many people to have access to me I do encourage people especially those people around me who have the the ability to to have these conversations one-on-one with me to just do that with me because I'd rather you tell me and ask me these things versus 
you going out and acting on that ignorance and that leading to something that can end a human life. You know, so make I mean? sure whatever questions you ask this, it's it's well thought and considerate. And very, and very yeah, considerate. you know, just remember that a lot of your black friends right now are feeling very upset, outraged. You know, rightfully so. Um, we're feeling very targeted, and those of you who are our friends. It is hard to to be around you right now, probably. It is probably hard to engage in these conversations because we know how personal it is. It's very personal for every Black person out there. It's very personal. And um, even in our own family, we've had, you know, conflicts with, you know, because our family is made up of several colors, you know, our extended family at least. And we have, you know, biracial kids who are in our family. And we really just want those kids to always know how beautiful they are and how amazing they are to be part of, or blessed they are to be part of so many different cultures. And and it's a gift. And I think that that's the part that I want people to hold on to is that this can be the beginning of something incredible. A, a lifetime that we might provide our children with an adulthood where things are equal and um, people have an equal opportunity to reinvent themselves and to be better and to grow and evolve. And we can do that if we just hold on to what we're doing right now and hold on to that energy and focus, stay focused. And I put up a post today because it was a it was basically all the disney princesses um like the the ones of color and it was saying mm-hmm. not all uh you know not all native americans are savages not all asians are a vi- or asians are not a virus like just kind of condemning those stereotypes and when i saw that um on facebook i went into the comments and saw a lot of people who were upset who were just like well what about the white representation yeah what why isn't it white people are um not racist part of this picture and and i realized that's it right there that's that's white fragility at its finest that's that's the white privilege that you don't realize that this is that this picture that this depiction was about those who have been oppressed and all of these groups have been systemically oppressed throughout history by the white man and the failure to realize like you're represented everywhere else honey it's okay to give space to others it's okay it's okay to be graceful and allow others to represent to be represented you know that feeling that you felt when you saw that board or that picture or that post, that visceral feeling? We live it every day, every day at work, every day at a restaurant, every day at a at a grocery store. It's our existence and that, we, that discomfort. We, you know, we are well aware that not all white people exactly, are racist. We, exactly, exactly. It, this is something we all know. It shouldn't have to be said. It goes back to the point of like, this is why you have to stop saying all lives matter in response to Black Lives Matter 
because we know that we know that but and i just saw a really great analogy where someone said like when there's a fire going on in one house in the neighborhood the when the fire department comes to put out that fire they're not firing off to the entire neighborhood and drenching the entire neighborhood mm. they're helping the house that is on fire the black people are the houses that are on fire right now and and we have to give space there's, just like other there's a lot of those analogies yeah. going around just trying to explain it in different terms whether yeah. it's the firehouse or the or, or the one or the one lamb that got lost out of the night <laughs> out of the hundred like it, it just trying to explain it in different ways so you understand like it, it's, it's exhausting <laughs> it is yeah it is it, it's 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 tiring, hard you know? and what i i want to continue seeing us grow from this i want to i want you guys to be encouraged to do your own research go out there watch 13th on netflix it's a huge eye opener as to what systemic racism is in this country, how it oh, started. The special on Minneapolis. Oh yeah. Also, oh, watch the Jim Crow in the North. It is a um, TPT PBS special documentary. Um, it's just about Very an hour eye opening. That actually, if you're here in Minnesota, you definitely want to see it. It basically shows you how systemic racism and housing has happened here in our um, in our state here in Minnesota, and how a lot of those things are still in place, even though uh, redlining and <laughs> racial covenants are all those things have been. Um, made illegal but it, it's it's just a, another eye-opener of like we're not that far removed from this happened back then no this is still here as of 2018 according to usa today minneapolis is the worst place in the country for african americans to live in let's ponder on that let's realize why that is and what we can do to change that and make that different. So, again, I we can I, I keep telling you guys just get get out there, um, just do the research, talk to your friends, yes. and ask your black friends how they're doing. Check in on them. <laughs> you know, it's been hard. It's been rough. We've all been through a really rough year so far. We're That's still right. in the middle of a pandemic. Of course, all this is happening, and people are still dying, and the numbers are still rising. And Please take care of yourself. Take care still of protect yourselves. yourselves when you're out um, there. Take care of your mental health. You do not have to be suffering from some mental illness or condition to to be wary of your mental health. It's okay to check in with yourself. It's something I have to keep telling myself um, as a mom, as a wife. Sorry for the background noise <laughs> we have been recording, and our kids are probably waiting our presence. And. I just want to thank you guys for tuning in, for listening, for supporting me. We are on Patreon. Definitely follow us. Um, we are going to Keep get running. some exclusive content content on there for you. It's three different memberships, $5, $10, and $15. I appreciate those of you who have already been on there and signed up. We're so thank grateful you, for you, that. Um, also, remember, guys, Unapologetically Anxious Me is an entity of 
Girl Clout Media, and we are sisters with our other podcast, You Should Have Asked Me First, which is hosted by Heather Apley. And I want you guys to definitely go to her page, show her some love, just like our um, Unapologetically Anxious Me is growing. We want all of our platforms to keep growing, and we want you guys to all stay connected because we're just one happy little family. We are officially a business, and we are excited for for what's to come and we want to continue to bring you guys more episodes more content and i'm really excited that i got to do this with you babe and we got to talk about this it's been hard hasn't it It (laughs) has been rough um we have definitely had our own personal experiences with all this um our son is now very much aware of his own blackness and he actually asked the heartbreaking question of Mm. whether or not the police is going to come kill him and his father and to be a six-year-old on the spectrum and to have to have that in your little head is so heartbreaking and just shattering for me on yeah so many it, it, was, it was a bit disturbing because we, we we definitely tried to keep this from him yeah we, we've been careful trying to but you and, know there's so that's... much out right now it's I mean, what what can you do? You, I, I feel like you need to talk to your kids about it anyway. We have I, to, so and, and that's something you we, we were wrong we don't in that. Really but either way, you know, once choice. you said that, you know, yeah. it was definitely a wake up call. Yeah, and it, it's and for you other parents who are out there who are experiencing the same things, you are so not alone. We are also desperately searching for the right words to say. Mm-hmm. But what we do believe as parents is that we do have to be the ones who are telling them first. We want them to hear it from us first and we don't want to let their little minds wander as to where that might be and we, they might be having traumas that we're not aware of. So we yeah. encourage you to talk to your family, talk to your kids about this, see and, where they are. On and it. to the young ones that are li- listening too, that have the families that don't quite understand the movement and you feel like you're alone, you are not alone. You're not alone. You know, if we, th- there are many resources out there that you can use to try to educate your own family too and let, let them know that the, the movement is real and he, he, he did not deserve to die. There, no. there, there is a problem here and it needs to be fixed. And that's it yeah we you are said right what we said <laughs> <laughs> yeah and this has been great to to sit and talk to you guys we're gonna keep coming back and talking about this we can't lose this momentum this energy and i love you so much thank you for listening thank you bye